0: are going through this series called Habits. We're focused on the different resources that Jesus had available to him <clears throat> to do his work while he was here on earth. He had the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was empowered by the Spirit. Um, he was conceived by the Spirit. He had the Scriptures. He focused on the Word of God and he obviously knew the Scriptures. That would have been the Old Testament, uh, the law and the, the prophets. He was aware of them. He had immersed himself in them. And then he had... Um, He had a prayer to the Father, so he talked to God, direct line of communication with his Father. And then he had relationships, key relationships. Last week we looked at the the Holy Spirit. We want to develop habits in our lives that keep us connected to these resources, to the Holy Spirit. Last week we learned we're to be filled with the Spirit. We need to energize our lives with the truth of God, with the presence of God, so that just like a sponge is filled up with water, when it gets immersed in it, we're filled up with the Holy Spirit. This week we want to focus on the scriptures. You know, this week we taught the children the, from the Bible. They learned lessons from the Bible. I wonder what you think of the Bible. George Foreman, heavyweight fighter years ago, but he wrote a book called God in My Corner. In it he said, he, he kind of wrote about his first encounter with the Bible he said uh, back in 1974, he was headed to Africa to fight Muhammad Ali in a very famous battle. And uh, as he prepared to go, he had a friend who gave him a Bible. He said, keep this with you, George, for good luck. And George said, well, I thought the Bible was just a shepherd's book, a shepherd's handbook, because the only verse I knew was the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> because I didn't know what the Bible had Anybody? he goes, I took it and I kept it with me. He goes, I had uh, lucky pennies and I had good luck charms. And so I just added the Bible to that collection of good luck charms, hoping that it would give me good luck and I would win the fight. Of course, he didn't win the fight. He said, when I lost, I took that Bible and threw it away. And I never looked at a Bible again for years. He said, I thought that just having the Bible with me would be good luck. and would bring me fortune, would help me get done what I wanted to get done. Said, I have come to understand that the Bible is not a good luck charm; it's a roadmap for life. I've got to read it, and I've got to allow it to sink in to my life. What does the Bible mean to you? The Bible is the first book ever written in human history. It has—it's uh, really more like a library, as you know. Um, there's 66 books, 40 different authors. 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. But God himself is the author and is attributed, given credit for the Bible. And this is because of a process called inspiration, where God breathes through people, through human authors, to, uh, to deliver specific revelation about himself. Now, there's been attacks on the credibility of the Bible Forever. And a lot of those attacks might sound something like this, that it's just a book written by men. It was written by people other than the actual authors that are attributed to it. It wasn't really written by the, you know, the New Testament wasn't written by the disciples. Um, You know, there's people that say the Bible really was never meant to be taken literally. All kinds of attacks. and, And really, what's interesting is that the Bible we have today has gone through so much, There's so much work been put in, there's so much information available, so much more that we have today. For instance, even when the King James Version was developed and translated, and it was a great version, but it used like one family of translations. Now there are uh, four plus translation families, and there's a process called textual criticism where uh, scholars and Bible students look at all of this information, trying to determine that the Bible we have today is accurate and true to the original. To what those original manuscripts said. The attacks on the Bible, you need to be careful about the motivations of people, right? There's people that attack the Bible out of a desire to discount it, but then there's people that critique the Bible with a desire to ensure that the Bible we have really is God's Word, that it's accurate and truthful, and it's what the original authors wrote. The Bible we have today, modern translations, go through far more criticism and critique and effort from a scholarly standpoint to ensure that the Bible we have is reliable, that it really is God's word for us. The Bible, as I said, is called special revelation. There's general revelation, which is the world, creation, nature, but then there's special revelation. Without the Bible, we would not know specifically what it is that God wants from us, who we are in relation to God what we need to do to be right with him. You know, language, the ability to communicate with others. It's fascinating. You know, animals can communicate. Some people think they can communicate with animals a little more than I think is possible, but there's some people that, that think, you know, hey, that's all right, though, that's all right. But, but the truth is language, the ability to talk, to share thoughts, to interact, powerful gift part of what it means to be made in the image of God. And so, of course, the scriptures, God breathing through authors, through human authors, to deliver to us his thoughts, his uh, his truth, so important, what a gift it is. I was talking to somebody this week about the Bible. And what a gift it is that we have access to the very knowledge of God, the truth of God, that it has been preserved for us, You can have confidence in the Bible that you have, that it is God's Word for you, and it's His Word for you today. The Bible is not a dead book, right? It's living and active. It has the power to bring changes into your life. In fact, one of the changes that it can bring is it can bring light into your life. The Scripture, if you allow it to, if you interact with it, will illuminate your life Listen to this from Psalm 119, verse 130. Man, those burgers smell really good, don't they? Hey, listen, I know you're thinking about it. Okay, here's the thing. Just track with me a little bit. Okay, here's Psalm 119, 130 says this. The teaching of your word gives light. Listen, so even the simple can understand it. I don't know about you, but you know, the, the longer I live, the less I know, Right? and I know how complex life is, and I thought I knew a lot when I was younger, and I realized the older I get, the less I know. I'm encouraged that the Word of God can bring light, illumination, even to my life. I can understand enough. I can understand it enough to put it into play in my life. When God gave instruction through humans who knew and followed Him, And allowed that information and ensured that information was passed down through through thousands of years so that you and I can have access to the truth of God. So easy for the truth of God to get lost, to get cast aside. Over and over again in the history of the nation of Israel, they lost sight of the law and they began to live however they wanted and followed false gods. And then the law would be recovered and read to the people out loud, and it brought restoration to them. They realized what they needed to do in relation to God, what he expected of them, how to live. Without the knowledge of God, we live under oppression. We live under the oppression of sin, but with the knowledge of God, we can rise above the issues that we face in this life, the things that will destroy us. Maybe you remember that little song from when you were in Sunday school. I don't know if you remember it, but it went like this you know, the B I B L E, right? Yes, that's the book for me. Do you remember that one? I stand alone on the Word of God, the B I B L E. The Bible shines light into our lives. Without it, we're left wandering around. My wife grew up in the country. And uh, on a farm and there were times she got sent to go close the chicken coop after dark. She's still traumatized. (laughs) Maybe you've had experiences like that. I remember walking in the dark and all of a sudden having the sense that something was going to get me. Right? You start running with adrenaline pumping through your veins. Listen, it's not fun to try to navigate the dark. We get hurt in the dark. The, the scriptures bring illumination to our lives. There's a light bulb in Lumino, uh, uh, Livermore, California. It's the longest shining light bulb in existence. It was in uh, 1901 that it first was lit up. And aside from a couple of times where it's been shut off, it really has continued to burn. There's still a webcam right on the light bulb. You can look at it. You can find it online. It's the Livermore, yeah, the Livermore bulb. It has shined for over 100 years. The Bible has been shining a light into the human existence for thousands of years. So much wisdom, so much knowledge. Just take the book of Proverbs, written by Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. Listen to this, the first chapter, the first nine verses. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people, listen, to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. My child, listen when your father corrects you, don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. Listening to your parents, children, first step to succeeding in life. Listen to what your parents have to say. They've been put in your life to give you instruction. It's the beginning of the book of Proverbs. If you want wisdom, listen to good instruction, take it to heart. Don't resist the information coming from God. You know, some people see the Bible as a list of rules and restrictions, right? Keeping them from really experiencing life. But the Bible really is a source of knowledge and truth, of wisdom and power, that if you will listen to it, you will gain, you will gain life. It's essential that we listen and follow the truth contained in the Bible. You know, Jesus upheld the authority of scripture. We say, is it authoritative? Is it really God's word? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17 and, uh, through 19. Don't misunderstand why I have come, Jesus says. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to admonish or, excuse me, accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappeared. Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Listen to Jesus. He didn't come to discount, right? That's why we still preach And teach and learn from the Old Testament. Until that word of God has accomplished its purpose, it stands, it will continue. Jesus said, I just came to fulfill much of what was written in the Old Testament. Do you realize that Jesus quoted the Old Testament quite often? 180 verses of the 1800 that contain Jesus' words and quotes, right, where Jesus was speaking, Again, 180 of the 1,800 verses contain affirmations of the Old Testament. Jesus used the scriptures to affirm God's direction. Jesus used the scriptures, the Old Testament, to combat the devil's temptations, to affirm the role of marriage. Um, he used them to uh, that marriage was between a man and a woman. He ac- Jesus actually spoke to that to pr- uh, to prove. The reality of the resurrection. Sadducees and Pharisees had a disagreement about whether or not there'd be a resurrection. Jesus used the Old Testament to prove that it was true and many, many other truths. Jesus taught from the Old Testament. Again, he affirmed its accuracy and its authority. 1 Timothy 4.13, the Apostle Paul writing to a young pastor, he told him this in regards to his leadership in this early church said until I get there focus on the reading or on reading the scriptures to the church encourage the believers and teach them again the word of god has the power to teach us how to live 2 Timothy 3:16 all scripture is inspired by god it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The scriptures have the power to inform and instruct our lives. That's why the Bible says don't just be hearers of the word. Don't just listen to the word of God, but be doers of it. Allow it to, to penetrate into your life and make a difference. It's easy over the years as we hear sermons and we hear Bible says, we're in all those things. Learning is important. We've got to know what God, God's word says but it is intended to change us. The truth that is there is not just truth for our minds, but it's truth for our lives. Scripture has the power to teach us how to live. Some things that I have learned through the Scriptures and had varying degrees, I'll admit it, of application in my life, but at least knowing these things motivated me at times to grow in them. I learned that I should obey my parents. That I should wait until marriage to engage in sexual uh, activity, right? I learned that I should treat my brother better. I learned I shouldn't cuss. I need to watch what I said. I learned not to steal, and I was tested in that. I learned that I should be inviting my friends to church and telling them how to get right with God. I learned that I needed to make amends with people when I had mistreated them, that I needed to forgive people quickly when they had mistreated me, and that I needed to treat people with kindness. I could go on and on, but I wonder what have you learned from the Bible? What truth have you learned? That because you know it, you're now wrestling with it, right? Because we fight to obey what the Bible says. But knowing the truth and having the Spirit of God within us, which we learned about last week, gives us the power to begin to be obedient to God. Second Peter 1.3, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. This week at BBS, again, our kids were taught a lot of things from the scriptures. They were taught what the Bible says. So they now have the truth in their hearts and minds. And they can begin to, with the work of the Holy Spirit, right? And the help of their parents sometimes, begin to work to be obedient to what the Bible says. That is where life is found. And so as we're in this series, Habits, what are some habits that you need to develop with Scripture? Well, we learn from the Scriptures what habits we should be developing. One is memorization. Did any of you work on Galatians 5, 22, and 23 this week? Anybody get it memorized? If you raise your hand, I'll call you up. No, I'm just kidding. Anybody? Well, well, we'll practice it again at the end. But memorization, here's what Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart that it would uh, be internalized by me, that I, that I have it memorized. I read about, um, well, our, the, our elders have a scripture memorization going on. They're ongoing, right? Memorizing each month, working on different verses, working to, um, uh, to memorize scripture. You're never, you're never too old to keep memorizing scripture. I guarantee you don't know it all yet. And what happens when you memorize this is you can do the next thing, which is to meditate on it. Psalm 119, 97 says, Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. How many of you know what rumination is? What to ruminate is? You know, cows and other uh, herbivores, some of them ruminate, cows do for sure. They have two stomachs, right? And they'll eat a bunch of uh, grass, or whatever they're, they have access to, right? And then they allow it to digest a little bit and then they regurgitate it. I hope I'm not grossing you out. I hope you knew this. And they chew it again, Right? They chew it again and then they swallow it again, right? This process of rumination that it's uh, digesting takes time. You and I are to meditate on God's word. If we've memorized it, then we can meditate on it as we go throughout our day. I guarantee you cannot process the word of God quickly. It takes time for it to settle into your life. The last is we're to love God's word. Psalm one, verse two, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Loving God's word. To have an understanding that this is where life is found. To want to interact with the scriptures, knowing that God will speak to us through them. As you spend time each day in the scriptures, Taking in God's truth, spending some time memorizing, ruminating as you go throughout the day. This is the process of transformation that we must go through. Um, it was STEM Week this week at uh, VBS. And that stands for, what, science, technology. What's the E stand for? Engineering. Engineering and math. Hey, those are good subjects, but anyway, they did some, uh, did some experiments this week, Miss Holly, so I thought I'd do one for all of us, it's pretty good, a lot of good experiments, if I can keep from dropping this and breaking it. Okay, so we want God's, we want God's word into our lives. In in order to get God's word into our lives, we've got to take it in. Um, But what we really want is for God's work to, to sink in, right? To sink into us. But we have a lot of other things we put into our lives, right? That we fill our lives with. What are some of the things that we fill our lives with? Just shout it out. Work, internet, what she said, I'm kind of going deaf, sorry. What else? What else do we put into our lives? Entertainment, TV, yeah, there's a lot of that. What else? School, yeah. Yes, leaders are learners. Got to be a lifetime learner. What else? So we put all this other stuff into our lives, and it gets kind of full. And so when we want the scriptures to come in, which the scriptures are life-giving, Right? An egg needs to be fertilized and set on to produce life, but it can, right? It can produce life. But when we want to get life, crack this, we want to put God's word in and we go about it, we can have trouble because of everything else that is there. It doesn't sink in can kind of see the yellow. See the eggs just stand at the top. It's not going down in. we got to be careful about how we manage our lives. Are we ensuring that there is the ability that our lives have room, if you will, to allow the scriptures to sink in? Galatians 5, and 23. But this is the kind of fruit the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. There is no law against these things, right? We need to take in God's word, but we need to manage our lives so there's room for it to sink in. This week, we wanna do a different memory verse, and it comes out of this section, uh, this message, 2 Timothy 3.16. And as we close And we'll have the children come back up and the worship team come back up and lead us another song. But let's let's work on this together. I want to get you started. Is it going to be up on the screen? Do we have a slide for it? Okay. 2 Timothy 3.16. Let's say it together. Is it up there? Yeah? Okay, here we go. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That was good. Let's try one more time. We're on a roll. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. All right. If you put it on like a card and you just uh, work on a little phrase at a time and work your way through it, you can memorize it. If you record it or listen to a recording of it, You can, uh, sometimes that'll help us memorize. One of the things I used to do is uh, for for kids, I learned this, but to write it on a whiteboard and then just erase one word at a time and kind of keep saying it over and over again. Repetition though, is how we memorize. That's why you know your favorite songs, right? Because you've listened to them a million times. And so we want to interact with scripture that way at certain times and in certain ways so we can memorize it. Want to encourage you to work on that this week. Get those verses memorized. God will use them in your life. Hey, uh, again, so thankful for everyone that helped put on VBS, the amazing team, and uh, the children were so encouraged, Uh, you could just see it, and so I'm so thankful for